Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. Last week, uh, as we were going through this study, uh, there were some very important points we, we saw once again. Um, and the last one was talking about God's blessings, getting God's blessings, entering into those blessings, uh, and it's very vital. And I think as we look at God blessing us and, and, and experiencing His blessings, that was, it's, it's important for us to maintain that grace perspective, that none of us deserve God's blessings. Um, all of us, as we even sang uh, the song today, a sobering reality is there's a, there's a great day coming. There's a judgment day coming. And uh, for those that aren't in Christ, uh, it's not going to be good. And, um, but that's what all of us deserve. All of us deserve judgment, uh, eternal judgment. It's just God's grace, His love, His infinite mercy poured out on our behalf uh, that we can enter into all the blessings that He has and that He wants to give us. Uh, but those three important points uh, that we did talk about, number, one, number, number three was what we were just talking about, the blessings of God, and it's unwavering obedience is the recipe for blessings. But one and two were this, unity is the recipe for power, and unrepentance is the recipe for destruction. And again, it kind of goes into what we were just talking about. If we aren't willing to repent in our life, Brother Sean just sang a song, yes. Uh, if we're not willing to say yes to the Lord, turn away from ourselves, turn away from sin, and turn to Jesus Christ in faith, uh, then the only, the only option we have is eternal destruction. And again, that's a sobering reality, but as, as, as it's already been said today, if you've never turned your life over to Jesus Christ, if you've never turned away from controlling your life, living your life the way you want to live it, turning away from sin and turn to, turning to Jesus Christ, then today is the day of salvation. Don't, don't go another day. Don't wait another second. Uh, I, I don't even mind you coming right now if you, if you feel like I need to get saved right now. Uh, because again, it's that important uh, to handle that, that matter of eternity. Uh, but this morning we move forward and in this journey with Jesus uh, that we're taking, and, and I pray that we get, get these vital points again this morning. And so let's pray, and we'll get into it. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for allowing us to be here again. And Lord, we thank you for um, the time just to be able to worship you in song. And the, the things that we were singing today, Lord, uh, the name of Jesus Christ. Um, Lord, we, we know what's in that name uh, in our human minds as much as possible. And it's salvation. It's forgiveness. And um, it's eternal life. And Lord, we, we thank you for all those things in a world that's filled with so much darkness, in a world that's filled with so little hope, uh, God, we know that you are our hope. God, you give us e eternal hope through your Son. And God, we are so thankful for that. And I pray that this morning as we move forward in this study, uh, that our hearts would be receptive to your word, that we would see how important this time is. Uh, not just this time, but any time we approach you in your word. And Lord, just be glorified through all of this. Simply use me as a vessel, Lord, but just proclaim what you need to proclaim. We'll praise you for all you do. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 11, we're going to pick up in verse 29. It says, And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. They seek a sign, and there shall no sign be given it, but the sign of Jonas the prophet. Now, today there are many growth, uh, church growth experts. You can, you can Google online, you can read books, you can go to seminars, you can get 
all kinds of information. Um, there's metrics, statistics, all, all kinds of research out there about church growth. So many ways to find out, in man's opinion, what works to grow a church. Every single one of, uh, of those experts, every single, uh, every single bit of information that you can find out there, I can promise you this. They would probably say, this is not the right way to grow a church. This is not the right way to keep a large following. Notice again what, what it says. It says the people were gathered thick together. That means that the crowd was increasing. I mean, Jesus' following at this point in time was increasing dramatically. People were coming from all over to see what he was doing. And the opportunity in man's eyes was golden. Here it was. I mean, people want to see. People want to experience. They're looking at all these things. All Jesus had to do was keep them entertained. All he had to do was with this huge crowd, captivate them even more. How do I know that? How do I know that's all Jesus had to do? Because that's why they were there, most of them, for that matter. And how do I know that? Well, because in this positive thinking delivery that he gave, <laughs> this, this, here's how you do it. He, he says, this is an evil generation that seeks a sign. They want to be entertained. They don't want to be changed. Again, think about this. I mean, thousands of people probably gathered around here. Jesus has the prime opportunity. Here it is. All he needs to do is, is tell them to think positive. All, they, all he needs to do is make them feel good about themselves. All he needs to do is do some cool stuff and keep them entertained. That's all he would need to do, and they would stay. They would stick. They would, they would go and tell their friends, you've got to come see this. This is amazing what's going on. He had the perfect opportunity. And as the crowd gathered around him, it was thick, pressing around him, this is what he says. This is an evil generation. <laughs> I mean, not, not a very popular uh, method of gathering a crowd or keeping a crowd. Again, they were wanting to be entertained, not necessarily wanting to be changed. And sadly, I think 2,000 years later, plus years later, not a lot has changed in that. Not a lot has changed. Many people are attending churches. Wanting to be entertained while soothing some religious or conscious need that they have. But they don't want change in their life. They, they don't want to have things mixed up or changed up in their life. They don't have to give anything up or go a different direction. For many people, it's about the music. For some people, it's about the preaching style. For some people, it's about the, the, the activities, the social connections, so many other things. And, and I realize that this in, it, in itself, me saying this, isn't necessarily popular. It's not popular to talk to a church group on a Sunday morning and say, a lot of people are looking for these things in a church. And it's similar to what the people were looking for in Jesus' day when he called them an evil generation. I realize that this in itself doesn't draw or keep crowds. But here it is. If Jesus taught it, I must teach it. If Jesus said it, then I've got to say it. He is the Lord. It's his word. We are his church. We're supposed to be on his mission. And so it's not about trying to please people. It's not about trying to entertain people. And that's not why I'm here. That's not why we're meeting today. The church of Jesus Christ, I shared this weekend with our couples at our marriage seminar, 
it, it, we were talking about it just a couple weeks ago too at a, at, a, at a conference I went to. It's about a movement. It's, num- it's not about an event. It's not about what's going on right now. Now, what's going on right now is vitally important. The church has been doing it for 2,000 years, gathering together, focused on Jesus Christ, worshiping him, centered on his word, uniting in his mission, and going out to see the world change through his power. That's, this, it's important. But the church is a body. It's a movement. It's something that, that only those who are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone are a part of, and we are privileged to be a part of this. Again, it's, it's not about how, how, how much do you like what, what you're seeing and what you're hearing. It's about what is being spoken. And what is the focus? Again, God's word is right. It's good. See, if Jesus knew that people were there truly seeking, they would already be ready to surrender. And they would be able to surrender, which is what's necessary to be born again. Again, Brother Sean's song, yes. It, 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 it's it's got to be at that place. Yes, I'm ready. Nece- that, that, that surrender necessary to walk with God. Not only to walk with God, but to grow in your walk with the Lord. Those looking only for fleshly satisfaction, though, would be sadly disappointed. And I want to say that today. If you're here and that's what you're looking for, you're going to be sadly disappointed. It's not about being satisfied in our flesh. But just as it was then, still is it now. Pleasing the flesh only lasts for a season. It's the reason why the entertainment business is such a thriving business. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that uh, the, the businesses of sin are such thriving businesses alcohol and 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 other things why why are they so why is why are they so why are those businesses so thriving because they don't the 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 buzzes the uh the pleasures only last for a season and then to experience that again you've got to engage in that again it's temporary and again that's what happens a spiritual transformation however is an eternal blessing that nothing can take away Whenever Jesus Christ comes and invades your life, invades your soul, and you are radically changed and radically transformed from a sinner to a saint by the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, when that happens in your life, that's an eternal blessing that nothing can take away. Nothing or no one. And so again, we consider what was going on in these days. And and again, if you're here this morning and you're seeking to be entertained, I have to tell you once again, This is not the place to be entertained. This is not the place where you're going to be entertained. But if you're here and you're seeking or you're already following Jesus, this is the place. If you're seeking what what all this is about, if you're seeking about what Jesus is about, what purpose on this earth is about, I promise you this, there's a fountain filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins. We're sinners who... Who, who plunge beneath its flow, lose all their guilty stains. It can be found in Jesus alone. And I can promise you this as well. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. You, 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 don't, you don't have to have uh, uh, an entertaining speaker. You don't have to have great music. You don't, you don't have to have uh, uh, amazing programs. Jesus is enough. And it's hard to see that in the flesh, but I promise you this, it's a reality. Jesus is enough. He'll change you, he'll satisfy you like nothing else will. And it'll be eternal.
that Jesus is preached here. He'll continue to be preached here. Jesus is proclaimed here, his will, his word. And that's enough. You can go to many other places to get entertained. But the problem is that it's not going to be eternally filling. But Jesus is. Those that were there were seeking a sign. And they had missed the point of God altogether. They had missed the point of a relationship with God. They had missed the point of God's love, his presence. They had missed it altogether. And Jesus knew this. And that's why he reminded them of God's love throughout all of Israel's history and specifically dealing with two instances. He reminded them the importance of God's presence and God's word in their lives. They, They were surrounded by it. It was infused in their culture and their life, but they were missing it altogether. And again, that's a concern that I have today. So many people, their lives are composed of of religious things. It's surrounded, it's infusing every part of their life, but missing the power of God in their life today. Look what Jesus reminds them of what their history had in it. It says, and again, he said, there's no sign that's going to be given except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. It says in verse 34, as Jonah was, in, uh, was a sign to the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, condemn the men of this generation. For she, she, for she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in, in, in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn this generation as well. For they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Again, two examples of, of Gentile people hearing and believing without seeing God in the flesh. You know what the Bible says about belief and about hearing? In, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith doesn't mean that, well, I see something and now I believe it. The world system is, show me this and I'll believe it. That's not God's way, though. God's way is hear and believe. Hear and believe. Matter of fact, that's exactly what uh, Jesus told Thomas in John chapter 20, verse 29. Thomas was questioning, was doubting, and Jesus told him, hey, you're blessed. You've seen and believe, but even more blessed are those who believe yet have never seen. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Again, so many people are looking for those experiences in this culture full of entertainment, this culture saturated with, with, with keeping ourselves busy and saturated uh, in, in, in keeping ourselves entertained. It's hard to, to, to get through that it's about God's word. It's about hearing his word and taking him at his word and believing him at his word. And sadly, even Christians struggle with that. So many times Christians want a, a, a different fix for their problems, a different fix for their, their situation other than God's word, the power available through his word, the power and the instruction available uh, through the Holy Spirit. We want more. And so the first point this morning, again, this is not super popular in today's even church culture, but point number one is this, the power of the word of God must never be underestimated. The power of the word of God must never be underestimated. Jesus, in his rebuke to this generation of Jews here, was very clear. The God of Jonah, the God of Solomon, who is greater 
than both of them, greater than all, was here. The Word of God incarnate was here. He, he was telling those people before them, listen, this is an evil generation. You don't even realize what you have when it's right before your face. You don't realize the great privilege and the blessing that's staring at you in your face every day. You're coming out here and you're wanting to be entertained. You're coming out here and wanting to be wowed. You're coming out here and, and focusing on so many other things than what the power that stands before you. See, those, those, those men that he was talking to that were gathered around him as young boys, they, were, they had to memorize the word that was being manifested in bodily form right before them. As men, they were claiming to cling to that very word that was manifested in bodily form before them. But when he indeed was standing before them, speaking to all of them from eternity into eternity, they sought a sign. It wasn't enough. They had to see more. They had to experience more. They wanted to be wowed by the fireworks. They wanted to be entertained. And again, the danger is still very real today. And the temptation to do so is very, still very real today even for the followers of Jesus Christ. See, the followers of Jesus Christ, we, can, we too can forget the power in His Word. And you and I can still be tempted to seek what pleases our flesh more than walking by faith in the Word of God. We, we can be seeking, well, I just, I don't feel like this, or I, I would rather have this, or I'd rather do this, or I'd rather it be like this, all right? We can get wrapped up in that as well. And, and I can see how it could be difficult for a lot of these, these Jewish people there. I, I realize that it, it can be difficult even as it is, is for us today. But here's the reality, and I'll put it there in your notes. They had made the Word of God a religious existence versus a relational endeavor. It wasn't about experiencing and engaging the Word of God and allowing Him to change their life and mold their life and walk with Him and, and, and engage Him and, and have the power of Him in their life and through their life. It wasn't about that. It was a religious existence. This is who we are. This is how we were raised. This is what it's about. And it wasn't enough for them. The religious existence wasn't enough for them. That's why they needed more. That's why they wanted to be entertained. That's why they wanted to be wowed. That's why when he stood right there before them, he didn't satisfy them. Because it was about an existence, a religious existence, not a relational endeavor. And as I said, many today still struggle with that. Many today still have a difficult time experiencing that endeavor as well engaging God's eternal and holy word for many people seem to be in this religious category instead of being in a category of relationship cultivation. We put Facebook in that category, relational cultivation, right? You get on Facebook and, and it's about checking in with people's lives. It's about cultivating our social life. Twitter, Instagram, all those things. It's, 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 it's a relational cultivation. It, it, it's keeping things, well, and you say, well, that's not about relationship. I just want to know what's going on. It is. The, the, if it's not about relationship cultivation, then never refresh your timeline. Right? Then never worry about what's happening now. 
Never worry about what's going on just now, what was just posted just now. If, if it's not about staying cultivated in what's going on in the lives of other people and other people staying cultivated, then, then never check at, at what is the most recent news or even the most popular. But it is. It's about cultivating. Again, we do friendships like that. What happens whenever you have a friend? And then we'll, we'll see how many people are OCD. Uh, what happens whenever you have a friend or somebody and, and, and you text them and they don't text you back in the time that you think they should text you back? How many people are bothered by that? Be honest. <laughs> Most of the room. I realize some of you don't know what texting... No, I'm just, I'm just playing. Why does that bother us? Why do we, when we text somebody, we want them to text us back? Why, when we email somebody, we want them to email us back. Why is that? Because it's about relationship. It's about the relationship we have with them and it's staying alive. Are you, you read my text. You read my email. Now, now give me something back. I mean, give me a little thanks. And this is something about me, too. This is weird. And now I'm going to get a bunch of these. I know, but I'm just going to tell you anyways. You know, sometimes I realize text, they're abbreviated, right? It's, that's what text messaging is for, abbreviated, boom. That's why they did emojis. Sometimes you can just respond with an emoji. Ha ha, you know, that's funny. You don't have to do ha ha anymore. You just send an emoji with somebody laughing. Um, and so I, I realized that. But here's, here's the relationship cultivation thing. If, 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 you know, you do something and somebody says, thank you, right? They don't, all the time they don't do that in a text. How, how do they normally respond in a text? Instead of thank you, they say, or THX or whatever. Thanks. It's just a little thing, and I promise you, if you text me that, I'm not going to be upset with you. But it, it is just one of those things. I'm like, just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you say thank you, I'll say you're welcome. Because if you say THX to me, I'm probably going to text something back like W-E-L-C. That's it. Welk. <laughs> I'll just play it. <laughs> now you know. Now. But this, this is, again, in that area of relationship cultivation. We, we have this interaction with people. We, we, we cultivate our relationships on this earth. And again, we have expectations. But when it comes to God, listen to this. And his text to us. It's sometimes put in this painful and unfortunately this inconvenient box of religious responsibility. God's word, he's given to me. It's his relationship connection to me uh, f f tangibly. I, there it is. Every day it's staring at me just like Jesus every day in the flesh was staring at those Jewish people every single day. God's text to me is there for me. He wants to interact with me every single day, and there's so much power contained in it, and it's there for me, for me to relationally connect with him, for me to, to cultivate my relationship with God, for me to interact with him. It's there every single day. Again, our, fam our family and friends, text, email, we meet, we eat, we, we, all those things to, to, to relationally cultivate here on this earth. But because we see God's word in this, relation, or this, this responsibility, we see it like that. 
We're missing the power. We're missing that connection. We're missing the healing, the strength that can come every single day, every circumstance, and every experience. See, we go through difficulties in this life. Maybe you're going through a difficult situation right now. And, and, and we want something that's going to help us from, from the outside in often. We want something that's going to, to, to speak to our flesh and then eventually reach to our soul. Uh, and so we have these outside sources. We have these, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with certain outside sources, but oftentimes that's what we're looking for more than from the healing from the inside out. And, and instead, of, instead of our soul, our spirit being healed in, in the circumstance or, or being helped in the circumstance, we want something else. And so oftentimes people turn to other things, whether it's books or, 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 or turn to friends. That, and, and there's nothing wrong with friends. Like I said, some outside sources are fine. But God's word is all-powerful. It's his word from an all-powerful God. And so many times we don't see it as enough. I said, I, I can see how it's difficult for them to see and hear and receive Jesus' words. Because they had made God's word this existence. And so when he was literally manifested among them, when he was literally standing there, the word of God, they were disconnected from it. They were disconnected from him, from everything. They were disconnected from the promises that God had already given them, and they were disconnected from the power that was there before them. And the question I think that we need to ask has much changed from then to now. So think about this. They had made God's word a religious existence. And so on a day-to-day -day basis, in reality, in their living, the living out of their lives, because it was about a, 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 a religious existence, on a day-to-day -day manifestation there, they were disconnected from the power. They were disconnected from the promises of God. They heard them. They knew about them. But it wasn't real in their life. And again, I'm afraid so many Christians today are experiencing the same exact thing as those Jews did. They say, I'm there, Brother Kyle. I'm, I, I, I don't know that I'm experiencing the power of God's word alive in my life every day. I, I, I don't feel that. I mean, you, you had said a while ago that we, we put it in this little box of religious responsibility. That's how it seems like to me. When I think about going about my day and I think, oh man, I, I really should read my Bible. It's in this category of religious responsibility instead of this engaging, this relational cultivation on a daily basis because it's powerfulness and it's changing and affecting our lives on a daily basis. And, and not only that, there's promises and there's encouragement, there's strength inside of that. I'm not experiencing God's word like that, brother. I'm not, I'm not doing it. It's, it's more like that box of religious responsibility. Then again, I want to encourage you this morning to evaluate your perspective of God's word. How much are we missing in our lives? Think about this. If you knew you could have more power over the temptation of sin in your life, if you knew that you could have God's power manifested through your life and in your relationships, that when you talk to your friends and you talk to your coworkers and God's word flowed from your lips, that, that it was impactful and it was powerful. And again, God used you, uses you as a vessel. We, are we missing that? Are we missing, again, those promises that help us and encourage us along? I'm struggling today. I'm really having a hard time today. But praise God, his promises and his word are this. I'm encouraged because this promise.
Know this, church. God wants to speak to you. And he wants it to be real. And he wants it to be now. He wants it to be alive because his word is alive. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this very clearly. It says, for the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's powerful, it says. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joints, of the marrow, and the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Daily engage this blessing. Daily engage it. God is speaking to you. Men and women have died throughout history to copy this, to, to preserve it through bloodshed, through prisons, through tears. So much has gone in to, to, to making sure that you and I today can sit here freely and read God's word. Proclaim God's word. Every day, it's not just to sit there on our, on our cellular devices or on our, our tablets. It's not just to sit there on the dash of our car, up on the dash of our car, on our, on our coffee table or on our kitchen table or on a bookshelf. It's not that. Every day, we should be engaging the powerful Word of God and allowing it to change us every single day. Look on it says this in verse 33, though. It says, No man, when he had lighted a candle, put it in a secret place, neither under a bushel but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, the whole body is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If the whole body therefore be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. Point number two this morning is this. The power of witnessing must never be underestimated. The power of God's word must never be underestimated, and the power of witnessing must never be underestimated. Jesus very clearly teaches this eternally vital principle and truth here. Just as someone doesn't light a candle... To hide it, you don't do that. You light a candle so that it gives light to others or to the room. That's why you light a candle. Somebody says, you know, I'm just going to turn this flashlight on and put it in a drawer. You don't do that. You turn it on so that it illuminates and you can see. It reveals. It exposes. So also, a person is not given the secrets of the kingdom of God. To keep them a secret. That's, that's, that's not what God came for. That's not why he gave the truth. That's not why we have the gospel today. The disciples then, it was very clear. Jesus gave them very clear. They were to make known those things that Jesus was telling him. He made it very clear. And the same thing is supposed to be happening with his disciples today. The things that God has revealed to us we're not supposed to keep those as a candle in a drawer or a flashlight in a drawer. We're not supposed to keep those things hidden inside of our hearts to say, well, now at least I know. That's not why our lives have been illuminated by the gospel. The people following Jesus were to carefully consider. We saw this back in chapter 8. They were carefully, supposed to carefully consider how they listened. Because if they heard and they responded in genuine or sincere faith, then they would receive more truth. That's what Jesus said. But if they didn't, they would lose what they had. We are accountable for what God entrusts us with. Every single one of us. Here we are in America. Here we are in 2017. 
you can, you can just begin to type the words into Google of, of certain scriptures, and it already begins to fill it in, and, and, and it puts Bible at the end of it. I mean, the, the Word of God, the, it, it's out there. It, it's here, available. We have, we have it, again, in, in, in physical form. We have it in, in technological ways uh, outside of, you know, Google, our, our devices and stuff like that. And we're accountable for everything we have. Knowledge is increasing more and more. But look back there in verse 34. Very clearly he says, your eye is the lamp of your body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it's bad, your whole body is full of darkness. So it says, be careful. Because if the light that, that's in you is darkness, it's a bad thing. When a person's eyes, when, when they're lamp, like lamps, react to light properly, he can function properly. He can live his life properly. He can go about the things that are right. Just like being receptive to Jesus' teachings is the right way. All these things are right. Many of you have heard this before, but think about this. If God so loves the world, if God so loved the world 2,000 years ago, and he so hates sin, that he himself would come to this earth, take on the form of his own creation in bodily form, if God would do that to fulfill the law that man couldn't fulfill, a moral law, a righteous law, if he came to do all of that, and then he would die as a sinless, as an innocent man, that body that he, he, he came and, and lived on this earth in, he would lay it down in our place. And then he would raise that body again that was sacrificed so that we could be with him for all of eternity. If God so loved us that much that he would give us salvation the only way we could have it. Again, and it's through trusting him alone in that. If, if that is the, the reality, then why in the world would this amazing, loving God this God who, who did everything that was necessary to give us eternal life. Why in the world would that God, our God, our Heavenly Father, leave us here after we trust Him? Why would God do that? If He so loved the world, if He knew man can't do it, and man can't, make, man can't be righteous, and there's none righteous, no, not one. If God knew all those things, and He did all those things that, that we couldn't do ourselves, once we trust him, why doesn't he just take us to be with him? Why doesn't he just take us at that moment? If being with God is better than being on this earth, I think that we would all say that, man, on this earth we've got sin, we've got disease, we've got hurt, we've got loss, we've got all the junk that's going on in the world. We've got all this stuff. I mean, it's, it would be way better to be out of the junk of this world than to be in this junk. And so if God so loves us, once we get saved, why does he keep us on this sin-ridden, dark-filled world, darkness-filled world? Why are we still here? Why do we still have to walk through the junk in this world? Another question is this. Why Jesus rose from the dead. He walked with those guys three and a half years. He did all those things. I mean, he, he goes up there. There they are. He ascends to heaven right before their eyes. Why didn't he? That's possible. He did it. Why didn't he just say, hey, come on, guys. Come with me. 
I came here. I did what I was supposed to do. Now I want you to come home with me. Why didn't he take those disciples with him at that moment? He made it more than clear. No man, when he lights a candle, puts it in a secret place. Neither does he put it under a bushel, but he puts it on a candlestick that they which come may see the light. Those of us who have the truth, those of us who have the gospel, the good news, the secret of eternal life, those of us who have surrendered to God and have entered into that relationship with him, those of us who know we have eternal life because of him, those of us, we are here to shine his light that's in us, to declare, to proclaim the truth that set us free. We are to proclaim to others who are still in bondage. That's why we're still on this earth. That's the only reason. A place that's full of hurt, again, a place that's full of sin, a, a, a place that's full of uh, just uh, lies and darkness, death. I mean, think about all the hurt that we experience on this earth, the hurt of loss, disappointments, betrayals, all the junk in this world. Many of you have heard me before. I've talked about it, and I'll share it again. We've got two little girls. There's no way in the world that I would ever take those two little girls after they were born and leave them in a dumpster. My love doesn't even compare to God's love. And this world is more than a dumpster. So much junk. There's a purpose, though. Amen. We are his ambassadors. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Again, God's the one that did it. He brought us to himself through Jesus Christ. And hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then... Because God has given us this responsibility, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. Because God has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Back another chapter in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul was explaining to these Corinthians this whole thing which led up to chapter 5, but chapter 4 he says this, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Remember that, that the, the whole point of lighting a candle is so that it lights for all those who need, to be, who, who need to see. We have been given the gospel, the light of the glorious gospel so that it shines in this darkness. So those that are lost, that they don't continue to be blinded by the, 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 the evil one. That's what the scripture says. It said, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the glory, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is pre the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, hath shined in our, in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. John chapter 10. Jesus very clearly says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more 
abundantly. I asked our men a few weeks ago as our musicians make their way. I was doing, I mentioned a couple things from that, that weekend, but a, a few weeks ago when we had that, I, I was talking about being the kind of fathers that we're supposed to be, and I asked the men in that lesson this question. What is our purpose here? Think about that, that question. What is, as human beings, what is our purpose on this earth? So that, that some people say, well, it's simple. Some people say, well, that's a loaded question. That's huge. It's such a big question. What is, what is our purpose on this earth? Well, God's word gives us very clear insight. I'm going to tell you this. Number one, your first, first purpose of being on this earth, of God giving you life, life and, and being on this earth, your first purpose is to be reconciled back to him. That's what he wanted. You, you, the reason why I know that is because you can look in the very beginning when God created and he created man. Man was without sin and man was connected to God. Man had a relationship with God and it was beautiful. It was perfect. Sin broke that up. That's the whole reason why God came to earth, died for man's sin to reconcile us back to God. We just read that while ago in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So our first purpose, everybody asks, what, what, why, why am I here? What's my purpose on this earth? Purpose number one, to have a relationship with God. God wants to have a relationship with you. He died to afford us that privilege of having a relationship with him. But the second, once, once we have that relationship with him, once we have eternal life and we've been reconciled to God, we've accepted his sacrifice uh, we, we've trusted him for salvation. We believe his resurrection. We, we've given our life to him. Once we have entered into that relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our purpose is very clear. Very clear. He has us here as his body. He has us here as his church. He has us here in this darkness as his representatives, as bearers of the truth, as bearers of the light to share it with those who need it. That's, that's the reason why we're here. It's not to be successful in this world, even though success in this world isn't particularly bad, but that's not our purpose on this earth. It, 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 get this. Our purpose on this earth, ultimately, is not to have a whole bunch of friends and have a whole bunch of things. Well, there's nothing wrong with having friends. There's nothing wrong with having things. That's not our purpose. Once we get saved, once we have a relationship with God that's eternal, our purpose here is to share how we got that relationship with God. To share how we can, how we can miss eternal destruction, how we, can, how we can spend eternity. Share that with those who are lost. That's our purpose. There's power in witnessing. Why, though? 2 Peter chapter 3. The Lord's not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Who would have all men to be saved? That's why we're here. And we're going we're gonna to meet again this evening, Lord willing. God's will, 
we'll go to bed tonight, wake up tomorrow morning, and most of us will begin another work week. And, and, and we'll be focused on the, ta the, the tasks at hand. We'll be focused on what our kids' activities are, our grandkids' activities are. We'll be going about our day, we'll be going about our week, just as we normally have. But my prayer is that as we enter into this next week, we'll have a little bit different perspective. That, that this coming week we'll realize that there's power in the Word of God. And that we won't, we won't pass it up daily like we have been. That we won't look at it in this religious compartment or this, this religious responsibility area of our life that I've got to get to, to, to reading my Bible at some point today. But that it'll be about cultivating our relationship that we have with the Lord. That we'll engage it and that we'll experience the power that's available in God's Word. And it's also my prayer that as we enter into this next week, not only do we see God's Word like that, but we, we, we see our purpose on this, this earth is a little bit different than we did maybe last week and, and up to this point. That we realize I'm still breathing, I, I can still speak, I'm still living on this earth because as a child of God, He's wanting me to, to shine His light. He's wanting me to share His truth. There's people that I encounter on a daily basis that are lost, that the, the, the bondage of sin is, is gripped around them. It's, it's got a chokehold on them and it's, and, it's, and it's trying to kill them and take their life. And you and I are the only ones who have the secrets, the key to unlock that, that bondage, to unlock that, that grip that sin has on their life. We're the only ones. There's other false religions, there's other cults out there that are trying to, to, to keep those people in darkness, try to keep them deceived and confused in all the wrong things. You and I are the only ones, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of God on this earth. We are the only ones that have the truth to unlock their chains. And so I pray that we take this next week with a little different perspective and say, God, I, I know I'm nobody, but I realize that I'm supposed to be a witness. I realize you've given me the gospel, you've given me the light. I may not know all the verse, all, all the theological answers. I may not have all of the, the verses memorized, but I know what you did in my life. And I know what I believe. And I know how I got saved. And I can share that with somebody else. That's why we're here. It's to be the light. So I don't know about that. Jesus said, let your light so shine. He said, you are the light of the world city that's set on a hill. So let your light shine before men. That's why we're here. So I want to challenge you this morning. Maybe you come this morning and you say, man, I, I've been doing this religious existence thing. I've been, I've been categorizing God's word in that religious responsibility category. I haven't looked at it like it's my relational cultivation with God. I haven't looked at it as important as I do Facebook or Twitter. I mean, I, I do all these things to engage my relationship with other people, but I don't really do a whole lot to, to cultivate and engage my relationship with God. I need to start doing that. And, and not only that, I need to see my life with the purpose that God's given it. Not a purpose the world has tried to give it, not the purpose that I've tried to give my life, but the purpose that God has given my life, and that is to be His light in this dark world. Maybe just come and pray, God, help me be a better witness this week. Help me be a better witness moving forward. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you for, again, the word that you've given to us. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to uh, experience your salvation. We realize that 
There's nothing we could ever do to earn it. We've talked about that already this morning. We realize that it's by your grace alone and through our faith in you alone that we can have eternal life. And, and I, my prayer is that if someone is still here that has never surrendered their life to you, has never, maybe they've never heard that. Maybe they have and they haven't trusted you for salvation alone. I pray you'd move them today. As we open up this invitation, they'll make their way down here and they'll ask, what do I have to do to get saved? What do I have to do to have eternal life? And Lord, that we would have the privilege of showing them in your word what you've said. And Lord, for those of us who've already entered in that relationship with you, I pray that we're challenged, that we'd see your word differently than we have before, that we'd see our purpose and our, our, our privilege of being your representatives. I, I don't deserve, none of us deserve to represent you, God. None of us are worthy. But you've chosen us, and that's what you've called us to do. And so I pray that we'd embrace that, and we'd see our lives in a different way moving forward, that we'd see that we are to be your witnesses. We are to be your, that's our purpose here. And so God, just move now and help us in these things, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. We ask all of it. Amen.